Getting our children outside is good for both the children and for us as parents. And there are so many learning opportunities that can happen outside. Today's podcast guest is Erin Medeski, and she's the director and founder of Barefeet Farm School, which is an outdoor preschool near Bellingham, Washington in the United States. She's a wife, mother, musician, dreamer, and lover of all things perfect and growing. When she's not playing with her kids outside, she also loves to experiment in the kitchen and explore the Pacific Northwest with her family. Welcome to the Your Learning Village podcast, where you'll discover insights and actionable tips to help your child with learning at home with a special focus on reading. They say it takes a village to raise a child, so let's build your child's learning village. Begin to get the tools you'll need to help your child on their unique learning journey and feel confident that you're doing enough for your child. With your host, Sarah Chavez. Hello, Erin. Welcome to the Your Learning Village podcast. I'm so happy that you're here today. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> and we're going to be talking a bit about outdoor learning and about your preschool because it's set up in a really unique way. And I really wanted to talk to you about how it's all set up because I think lots of parents will find it useful learning outdoors and the way that you're doing it in your preschool. Mm-hmm. So can you just tell us a little bit about your preschool and why it's set up the way it is? Absolutely. Yeah. So I own Barefeet Farm School, which is a fully outdoor year-round preschool near Bellingham, Washington in the United States. We are set in our outdoor classroom, which is a fenced area inside of the field. And then we also explore in the woods and other places around the property in the creek and stuff. I'm actually looking at it right now. So we have in our classroom, we have three shelter spaces and an outhouse and then lots of loose parts and learning resources around almost in centers. And yeah, we gather with three to five-year-olds four days a week at Barefeet Farm School. And we're here for six hours a day. The whole time we're almost playing. We do read a book together every day and we have a little sign-in activity. We sing lots of songs that for the most part, we're here playing in our outdoor classroom. And it's in completely outside. That's that's correct, isn't it? Wow. It is, yeah. Because <laughs> I think the biggest question I think I have, and I think many parents will have, how do you cope with the obviously mm-hmm. changes from, from season to season and day to yeah. day? It does. Yeah, we're near Seattle. And what everybody knows about our part of the world is that it rains a lot. And actually, a fun fact about us is that it rains more during the night here than it does during the day. So it's not as rainy as you would think based on like the, the inches of rainfall per year. But in the weather, in the cold, we put on our coats. That's the, the sassy answer is that we, we wear appropriate gear, whether that's shorts in the summer or layers and waterproof, like rain suits in the winter, rain hats. We do a lot of changing clothes because the, the, worst, <laughs> the worst way to be outside is when you're wet, and, unless it's really hot. But so we're checking in with the kids all the time to see if they're wet, see if they're cold, really giving them as much autonomy as possible in terms of their clothing choices. So encouraging them to notice if they're cold or if they're hot or if they're sticky feeling or whatever it is, dirty. And then, yeah, keeping moving in the winter. And I spend more time explaining to the parents that we're going to be okay than I do to the kids that we're going to be okay. We really do have a great time outside. Yeah, I think that's true. My daughter here attends kindergarten because we are in Germany and their philosophy is there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. 
And so totally. when, sometimes when she said a few weeks ago when it was snowing, they're like, well, we're going outside. It doesn't matter. It's snowing. You just have to wrap up and off we go. They just keep going. It doesn't matter what the weather is. And so in your, in your outdoor environment, how do you manage the boundaries where children are allowed to go? Because obviously it's not contained within four walls. How do you manage that? Yeah, so in our classroom, we do have a fence that shows us where the boundaries are, but we explore around the property, like I said, in the forest. And so we all walk together in the forest. When we walk places, we always have a grown-up in front and a grown-up in back. And then when we get to the place we're going to play, we have a flag boundary that makes an imaginary fence in the forest that we set up with the kids. So they're very aware of where our imaginary fence is and what it's for. And then that allows us also to move from place to place and we create our spaces together with the kids. And that's really important, particularly in the forest. I think I'd be quite worried that they're going to wander off. But like you said, we made it clear to them from the beginning where they're allowed to go. That makes it, it really clear to them what they need to do. In your environment, you said you use lots of play-based learning. So how are kids learning through predominantly using play? Mm-hmm. Little kids, our kids are three to five years old, and they learn through play. Rudolf Steiner is the founder of the Waldorf Movement, and he says that your learning energy is in your body until you're like seven or eight years old. There's some physical markers that he outlines, but kids learn through their bodies and kids learn through play. So when they're playing outside and using their whole bodies and their whole imaginations to do this play-based learning it's how it sticks i used to teach preschool inside in a very curriculum heavy environment where we were teaching the kids or i don't know trying to teach the kids things and drilling and flashcards and all of that i think what most people think of as preschool and my outdoor kids at barefeet farm school who play all day for six hours can read so much better at the end of the year than my indoor kids who I was drilling all day. It's hard to trust as an adult because you can't see it and you can't test it, but it really does happen. I definitely feel like because I was a teacher at preschool age as well, and I always were doing the same. We were drilling them through things. And since we've moved here, having to step back and let my daughter, they don't do formal learning till they're six in Germany. And I I find it really hard to like letting go and be like, but she needs to be sitting down doing things. And they're like, no, she doesn't. She needs to be playing. She's four years old. Just let her play. And it's hard. It's much harder for me than it is for her because she's just like, well, why do I have to sit and do these things? My friends aren't doing it. But I mean, they all get there in the end anyway. So why are they being pushed so young? Absolutely. And and what is the adult's role in your programs when they're out and about? Our job is to create the space and hold the boundaries. So we are watching the kids in order to keep them away from injury and to, you know, make sure that they're having a relatively good time. And then we're watching them to see what they're learning, what they're interested in. So if one of our kids is really into, I don't know, building, for example, we might set out some more building materials the next day or later in that day so that they can really explore that interest. We're focused on making a lot of community here and building relationships with each other. So a big part of our job is getting to know our kids and knowing what makes them happy, what makes them sad, how they like to play with people, what they're growing into, and 
that's another way actually that we don't get lost in the forest is because we have such strong community and strong relationships with each other that nobody really wants to leave. Like we're part of a group and we stick together. And then we're facilitating their growth. We're watching what their growing edges are and then supporting them to take those next steps. So it's very much led by the child rather than the adult saying, this is what you're going to be learning next. For sure. And so thinking about as you've got preschool to age children, and I know a lot of parents, as we talked about before, be worrying, are they going to be ready for school? What is it that you're doing in your preschool outside that helps support early reading and literacy? Yeah. First of all, about kindergarten, I always love to imagine that I'm a kindergarten teacher or that I encourage parents to imagine this to imagine you're a kindergarten teacher and you're in a room with 24 five-year-olds that you've (laughs) never met. What do you want them to know? Do you want them to know how to count to 100 or do you want them to know how to not hit each other or to not run away or to not cry when their mom leaves or to be confident? There's so many things that we need to know for kindergarten that you can't measure and that aren't reading and math and writing and all those things. And reading and math are important. Yeah, we read books every day at our school. We do a sign-in activity every morning. We know that some kids are writing their name when they're three and some kids are writing their name when they're seven. And all of that is in a developmentally appropriate normal range. So when we sign in, some kids are writing their names, some kids are scribbling their names, some kids are stamping, but we're providing opportunities for exposure to literacy and writing activities. We encourage them to include written materials in their play a lot. For example, we have a system of do not touch signs that if you're playing with something and you're going to walk away, but you don't want somebody else to touch it, then you could make a do not touch sign, which is just a circle with a line through it. You can put your name on it too, if they're ready for that, so that everybody sees that and says, do not touch mine. (laughs) We're telling lots of stories, especially when we walk places. We walk up a big hill every day and telling stories to each other is a great way to distract ourselves from the big hill. So, yeah, using their imaginations and getting in touch with stories and noticing, you know, plot, beginning, middle, and end, all those things is how we're getting them ready to read. And we are at the end of our school year right now. We've been together since September with this group of kids, and they're really starting to read to each other. It's so cool to watch. I was in class on Wednesday a few days ago, and I read a book. Just one time, we'd never read this book before. And then like half an hour later, the kids are reading this book to each other and they're looking at the pictures and using some of the phrases like verbatim that that I used when they're, you know, pointing at the words. It's really fun to see that reading blossom. Yeah. And it's all the pre-reading skills, which we quite often forget about that that's what children need before mm-hmm. they do it. Because often when you have a struggling reader, you find if you go back and look at like all the phonemic awareness skills and all those story building skills that you say that quite often children miss out on. Mm-hmm. That's when if you target those things, that's when you can normally make a lot of progress with children who are struggling later on. So making sure that you're building those foundations now is really important. And as you said, like they are, they're actually going and reading to each other, which is, yeah. which is an important step. And they, they want to do that rather than being forced to do it instead. Exactly. So is there anything else you'd like to add about your preschool, about outdoor learning that you think parents might find useful and when helping their own child? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think about my school all the time. There's so much to talk about. I think one of the things I've been thinking about recently is happiness at school Mm -hmm. and noticing if your kids enjoy the learning environment, there will be a lot more learning that happens. And if the staff enjoys the learning environment, there will be a lot more learning that happens. So in this time of choosing schools for next school year, I just really encourage families to think about the kids at those schools are happy and if the staff at those schools are happy and if you're already at a school how can you support people there to enjoy it because we're not going to learn anything if we're not I don't know if we're not having fun oh definitely and you've told us that you have a summer camp coming up soon is that correct would you like to tell yeah. us a bit more about that yeah we have summer camp for kids ages three to seven here it's the same as our preschool really except the ages mm-hmm. expand and then it's only for three months in the summer. And yeah, there's such a huge need for summer camp in our world. Our summer camp fills up really fast. So that's another one of our missions at Bear Butte Farm School is to get people to start more summer camps because yeah. they're needed everywhere. <laughs> and kids learn so much from summer camp. Like. Totally. And where can everybody find you if they want to get in contact with you? We are on Instagram at Bear Butte Farm School. Our website is called bearfootfarmschool.com. And you're welcome to come visit the farm anytime. It's been great talking today and thank you for all the information you've given us about your farm school and also about outdoor learning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope that you can take something away that will help to add to your child's learning village. Head over to the show notes for this episode at www.yourlearningvillage.com forward slash podcast where you'll find anything mentioned today. Also, grab your free Learning to Read with Cooking Starter Kit to find the answers to the most commonly asked questions by parents about learning to read and get two free Read to Cook visual recipes for beginner readers at www.yourlearningvillage.com. Have a great day and happy learning with your child.